Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today we're going to be talking about Apollos. Well, here we are again, and good to talk about uh, a new character today, uh, a minor character, you, you would certainly be able to say uh, yep. about Apollos, but uh, he is he's actually one of my, my favorite characters in Scripture, just because of the, uh, the, the relatively high impact that he seems to have, given the... Uh, the, the amount of times he's mentioned. So. Yeah, the the little, uh, I guess you could say screen time um, yeah. or word time <laughs> that, yeah. that, we've, uh, that is given to Apollos in Scripture. Um, and yet he has a very big role in the Lord's church. Um, and... Um, and he's up to that role. Uh, he he accepts whatever challenges are given him. Um, one of those challenges that I actually really love is um, at the end of chapter 18. You know, the challenge that is presented to Apollos um, in, at the end of chapter 18 is a challenge that probably everybody um, that teaches the word um, uh, is faced with at some time or another. Yeah. And that's the challenge of being told, hey, I don't know if you're completely accurate in your understanding of this. Um, can I help you understand this better? Yeah. Um, every single person who ever stands up and, and proclaims the word of God is yeah. faced with that challenge of humility, quite honestly, um, yes. to say, hey, am I am I going to still accept that I, I have more learning to do? Yeah. Um, and that's what Apollos is faced with at the end of chapter 18. Yeah. Um, and he's up to that challenge. We see the response that, that comes from that is just incredible. Um, yeah. But Well, let's go ahead and read that, that section. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go for it. So it's starting in verse uh, 24 of Acts chapter 18. And it says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, or some translations will say fervent in the spirit, um, so uh, referencing the Holy Spirit, not his own spirit, um, but it says, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he's teaching everything about Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Christ. He's the, he's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. Yeah. Except the only sort of baptism that he's preaching is a baptism of repentance, yeah. uh, not of forgiveness of sins. Um, verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. So um, a lot of times we'll think like the things that we speak boldly about are salvation issues, right? Yeah. It seems that Apollos is speaking boldly, not so much about here's how you become saved, but rather Jesus is the Christ. I'll prove it to you because that's yeah. what he knows. That's what he's been taught. That's what he's boldly talking about um, in the middle of verse 26. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples and welcomed him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he was powerfully refuted, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Yeah. So Apollos spends a lot of time studying in Alexandria. We can tell that based on what it says about him. Mm -hmm. uh, it says he was a, a Jew, so he was 
raised in the faith, the Jewish faith. So he's a native of Alexandria. So he's from Egypt. So he's not even from Jerusalem. He's a native yeah. of Alexandria. And, and we know the library of Alexandria. It's mm-hmm. one of the, the seven wonders of the world. And so he's, says so he's an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. And that's a, that's high praise. That is yeah. high praise. He's for, very for studied. Yeah. Very studied. And, uh, says he's been instructed in the way of the Lord, right? And so he, he, he knows what he's talking about. In fact, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of, of Paul. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me of Paul in a lot of ways that he's very, uh, he's on fire for the Lord. He's on yeah. fire for God and he's wanting to teach people and tell people about this. Yeah. Well, another similarity with, with Paul is, um, he is a very, um, knowledgeable, Jew before becoming a Christian. I yeah. mean, Paul, like he referenced in Corinthians, he's like, Hey, I was Jew of Jews. Like, like I was under the law blameless. I was the, the best you can be, uh, according to the old law. Um, and that's kind of what we see with the Paulos is, uh, he's, um, he's very studied. We likely will, uh, can assume that he's also very um, obedient to what he has studied. Um, yeah. People are not often uh, going to be a student of something and yet not practice what they preach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so if he's ve- a very studied individual, he's likely going to be a very obedient individual to the old law. Um, but then in verse 25, he's been instructed in the way of the Lord. In other yes. words, he's been um, educated about uh the coming of Christ and and uh, the new law that had that had been given with that. Yeah, when it says then that he he spoke accurately and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And so that's a uh, it's an interesting thing to say. So you, you go back into Luke chapter three, and we see what John's baptism was for. It says John chapter three, he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so John the Baptist was was preaching and proclaiming and talking about forgiveness of sins and repentance and all of these all of these things and so what what exactly then is the difference between the baptism into Christ and the baptism that John was doing? Well, the difference is that Jesus has died. Right? And and at John's baptism Jesus had not died. He he had not um, it wasn't able to be forgiven of their sins through the blood of Christ yet because his blood had not been shed on the cross. And so while John the Baptist is proclaiming this baptism and he's talking about this baptism, he's preaching about this baptism, right? And, and you have the, the apostles, right? Presumably would have been baptized here. Uh, it doesn't mention anything in, in Acts 2 about the apostles being baptized or having to be re-baptized. Well, they were baptized um, by the Spirit um, with the, the flame, the tongues, yeah, the tongues of fire. Um, Correct, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the, the water baptism, it seems that they were baptized initially in Luke with John yeah. the Baptist, right? For the forgiveness, for repentance, and and then once the Holy Spirit came upon them in, in, uh, in Acts chapter 2... Um, they didn't have to be re-baptized again, right? Like they didn't have to go through that again. They, they had received that baptism and it was imparted to them that forgiveness through the spirit, what Jesus had done. And so then now we have in Acts 18, we're, we're well past that, right? Yeah. We are well past that point. And so you have this, this, this proclamation of baptism that he's teaching, you know, you, and he's teaching exactly what, what uh, what what John the Baptizer was teaching, right? That you need to repent, you know, for the forgiveness of your sins. But yet he didn't fully understand how that all worked. Now. Yeah. Well, how can you be buried with Christ if Christ has not yet been buried? Exactly. Right. Yep. And so, 
And so now you have this this misunderstanding is really what it is. It's not even a, a false teaching, but it's a misunderstanding. It's an incomplete understanding yeah. of of the gospel, right? And well, so, I, I mean, you say it's not a, a false teaching. Um, it's not an intentionally but, false teaching. Yeah, that, that, well, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's not intentional. But um, think about how many folks just are unintentional false teachers. Yeah. I mean, th- there are so many times that um, that – there's just a simple misunderstanding or a a, uh, a lack of understanding or a lack of study uh, that leads to something false. And, and it yeah. still is a false teaching. It still absolutely um, needs to be treated with the same sort of um, of, of seriousness as, yeah. com- as it comes to correcting uh, yeah. whatever is false. But it's not a, um, a malicious um, Correct. trying yeah. to change um, any sort of sort of teaching on the part of Apollos. Yeah. And so then we get to verse 26, right? He's, he's in the synagogue. He's teaching. He's, he's preaching just like Jesus taught in the synagogue, just like Paul taught in the synagogue. You've got Apollos, who's, who is renowned enough, is well spoken enough, is thought highly enough of that they allow him to speak in the synagogue. And, and I don't know all of the, the rituals, the rites, the necessities back then of, of what was required, but uh, if it's even remotely similar to today, you have to be a well well respected enough to get in front of a congregation of people to yeah. talk, right? Yeah. It's not just Joe Schmo gets up and speaks. It's yeah. there has to be some uh, credibility. Well, and um, and in the synagogue, synagogue there, he's talking with other Jews, not necessarily other Christians, yes. and uh, and he's uh, doing what Paul does every time he goes to a new town when he's yeah. on a missionary journey. Is he's trying to reason with people and and um, show them what the the way is, and that's through Christ, not through the old law. And so that's what Paul does, or that's what Apollos does when he gets to Ephesus. Now, we already know there's been a church that's been established in Ephesus, yeah. but Apollos gets there and he goes to the synagogue to yeah. reason with those who have not yet come to Christ and uh, are still holding on to the old law. Um, and that's what Apollos is going to. Um, and he's trying to reason with these people. And then what we find is Priscilla and Aquila, who we know are Christians and are not likely worshiping at this synagogue. Um, and yet they are somehow present, whether they hear that, hey, there's another Christian in town who is... Uh, or they may have been teaching too. Or they may have been, may have been teaching too, may have been trying to reason with people as well. Um, but somehow they, they ended up being there, um, which I find just so interesting that, um, people who we, we aren't told necessarily know Apollos, Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. Um, and yet they know, Hey, that's another Christian and they find commonality there. Yeah. They, they see, Hey, this is somebody that we can, um, can talk with. This is somebody that we can fellowship with. This is somebody that we can encourage and can be encouraged by because we have the commonality of, of Christ. That's, yeah. that's what we share with one another. Um, and so Priscilla and Aquila, uh, go up to them with all of that being understood. They also understand, Hey, he, we can talk to him and we believe we have faith that he is going to respect us enough and be humble enough to listen to some correction. Yes. So, so you have then 27, right? Um, he, he has now been, I don't want to say rebuked, but in a sense, kind of rebuked in his teaching. At least he's been uh, told more accurately what what it is that that, that God is win- willing and wanting. Well, I've always wondered what do you think that looks like? Like, what what do you think it looked like when Priscilla and Aquila went up to him? 
Well, it says they pulled him aside, right? So they yeah. didn't do it publicly. They didn't shame him. They didn't. Uh, no, know. it wasn't like they raised their hand in class and, no. and said, "Hey, you're wrong on this." <laughs> right? Yeah, they, it wasn't to embarrass him, and so it, no. it. I mean, it had to have been done in love, right? Because you, you you've really got two options when somebody corrects you, right? Either you accept it or you don't accept it, yeah. and and how you how you choose to receive correction is is in major part dependent upon how the correction comes, right? Yeah. If if somebody comes up to you and tells you that you're doing something wrong, but they're yelling at you and they're waving their finger at you and they're, you know, being a Bible thumper, right? Just beating the Bible over your head, telling you you're wrong. Well, that's, you know, maybe for some people that works, <laughs> but that's not a great way to go about it. In fact, we're, we're told Ephesians 4.32, be, be kind and, and tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. We're, we're to be gentle in our response. You know, yeah. we're, we're to always have a, um, a defense for the hope that is within us, yet doing it in in gentleness and in love and 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 so there's there there's a it, in big part uh, we have to do it with love and we have to do it with respect and so i would be absolutely floored if priscilla and aquila were not doing so in a loving and respectful manner yeah um and so he he then it says he wished across to achaia and so one of the things that i kind of want to point out is it it doesn't mention anything about him correcting the teaching that he had done yeah. He wants to go to Achaia. And it says, uh, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. It says, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. And so he's yeah. he is now converting people to Christianity because of his knowledge, because of his studies, because of what he understands. Uh, and and we, we also understand verse chapter 19, verse 1, that Achaia is, is Corinth, or it's the province of Achaia. Corinth is the city that's located there. And so Apollos, basically, he went from Ephesus to Corinth, mm-hmm. right? And and he's doing the same thing, but now he has a more accurate understanding. Well, I was going to say, look, let's look at the difference in verse 26 and 28 yeah. for um, how he was speaking with the Jews. Is uh, He's in the synagogue um, in verse 26, obviously speaking with Jews, and it just says that he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. He's got a lot of confidence. He's um, sure of, of what he's been taught, and he's uh, very bold in what yeah. he's proclaiming. Um, but in, then in verse 28, it says he powerfully refuted. Yep. And so I think that boldness remained, and yet mm-hmm. now he's starting to be more effective. Correct, um, yeah. And so he, he's still got the, the confidence that he's always had, but now um, his teaching almost seems to be even more effective in Corinth or in Achaia yeah. um, than it even was before. Yeah. Well, and, and then you get to 19, right? And so he, he hasn't corrected the teaching, and so we're left to wonder, well, did the did the brethren in Ephesus ever receive correction? Did they ever hear the truth? Yeah. Well, it says in in chapter one, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Right. So Paul had left. You can look earlier in in uh, verse eighteen of chapter eighteen. Um, Paul left uh, and and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, they came to Ephesus, and then he left. He left them there. Uh, he went to the synagogue, and it says that he went on to Antioch, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Paul has been in and out. Verse, verse 22 says he, he went down to Antioch. But chapter 19, verse 1, Paul's now coming back to Ephesus. Yep. He says he found some disciples. He said to them, right, disciples of the Lord, these are people who believe in Christ, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
And so the teaching that Apollos gave them was one of repentance and one of forgiveness of sins, but it was not one in which the Holy Spirit was taught. Yeah. And well, it, it says it in 25. He, he knew and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Yeah. But that's it. Yes. And so then verse 3, it says, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so these individuals, right, uh, who, who did not live with Christ, who were not disciples of Christ initially, who, who mm-hmm. were not there, they, they were baptized for repentance, yep. but they did not receive the Spirit, right? In the same way that the apostles did receive the Spirit, these people did not receive the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, as to how that happened, how they knew, that, that's a, that's a different story. Because we don't, we don't receive the miraculous indwelling of the Spirit today. We receive the Spirit that dwells within us, but it's not a miraculous thing. It's, we know it because we're told it. Yeah. Type of a, a deal. And so, um, so anyway, Paul corrects the teaching that Apollos had. But Paulos, uh, Apollos, he, he spends a lot of time in Corinth. Um, do you have anything else before I... No, keep, keep going. I'll, okay. I'll interrupt you if there's something that yeah. jumps out to me again. So then we get to 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, we, we start to really see the impact that Apollos has. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 10, this is Paul writing to the, to the brethren there. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul. Okay, that that's kind of a big deal, right? It's not Christ. Mm-hmm. I follow Paul. Says, or I follow Apollos. Mm-hmm. Or I follow Cephas. Or I follow Christ. Now, I want, I want us to just consider for a second the four names that are there and kind of compare and contrast what we know about each of them. You've got Paul, yeah. who wrote most of the New Testament. You have Peter, who was walked with Christ. Walked yeah. with Christ was the second person, only only other person other than Jesus to walk on water because of his faith. Yeah, right. Was was the first one to defend Jesus, denied was him three even times. One of the three that Jesus uh, took with him a little yeah. bit further in the garden was in his um, yeah was in his inner circle. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that those are those are some very those are they're apostles, right? Then you have Christ. Well, I, I mean, I don't know that we need to say much more about that, right? Like that's yeah. it's Jesus. And then the fourth person is Apollos. So you can imagine, you can understand just how big of an impact Apollos had on the church in Corinth if he is being compared to and if he is being elevated to in in an incorrect way, right? It's, it's exactly what Paul's saying. It's an incorrect way. But if he's being elevated at all to the level of Paul and Peter and Jesus, he had a huge impact on the church there and he taught them and he, he worked with them. And we see in chapter three, uh, starting in verse one, it says, I brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for you are still of the flesh for while there is jealousy and strife among you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And so I, I just, I think it's so awesome 
that we we see how impactful Apollos was to the church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Apollos was teaching falsely. I don't think that Apollos was trying to receive this commendation and this these accolades. I think he was proclaiming the gospel and people you know, as they viewed Peter and they viewed Paul as as a god, right? As yeah. as as something greater than because of their faith. Well, and, and even today, people still struggle with that. Not that we view preachers as as gods sometimes, yeah. but um, but it, there's still a, a lot of times this mentality that, well, I'm gonna like I, I listen to this preacher, like that. This is this is my preacher. This is who yeah. I'm following. And when he says jump, I'm gonna ask how high. When he says when he says go here, I'm going to go. When he says yeah. stay here, I'm gonna stay. And yeah. um and we just have this mentality, um, not vocalized because we've read First Corinthians and yeah. we know no, we're not supposed to be following people. But our actions a lot of times yeah. say otherwise, and we end yeah. up following individuals and um. That often happens when somebody has a very um, uh, boisterous personality, a very energetic personality, a very charismatic personality. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it draws people in, which can be a good thing. Um, yeah. If it's used correctly. If it's used correctly. Um, yeah. But if it becomes a problem as it did for the church in Corinth where they're saying, oh, no, I'm I'm following Apollos, period. Like, yeah. I don't care who else is teaching me. Because yeah. um, their division wasn't so much in I follow Apollos instead of Christ. It was I follow Apollos instead of Paul. I follow Apollos instead of Peter or vice versa. Yeah. Um, but what that causes is obviously instead of Christ as well. Um, yeah. And and I think that that happens today too. Is I follow this preacher instead of this preacher, and we get so dug in on that that it's like, did you not, did you forget that you are actually following Christ first and foremost, and 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 well, not just first and foremost, but but only, only, yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 Paul addresses that in verse seven, right? He says, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, mm-hmm. right? It's God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building, right? Like it's, yeah. it's like Paul, Apollos, Cephas, Peter, right? They're, they're nothing. No. It is Jesus who is something. It is God who is something. It's, it's and that's it. It's the only thing that, yeah. that is worth something. Uh, and so, but, but I think the, the importance of Paul to these brethren cannot be understated. He, he was obviously important to them. He was obviously impactful to them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and we see even even a small character such as Apollos um, has such a major impact on the church. Well, and I love looking at little character studies like this um, yeah. because we see that <clears throat> Apollos, yeah, he he is from Alexandria. He um, was first teaching um, people in Ephesus, but then very quickly went to Corinth. And from our understanding, that's where he kind of remained is uh, staying with the brethren in Corinth and, and laboring with them there. Um, Another example of a character um, that is kind of like stays in the city and continues to labor with people there is, is Timothy in Ephesus. Uh, That's where Paul told Timothy, Hey, you stay here. You, you minister to this church. You take care of these brethren. Um, A lot of times we have all of these uh, new Testament characters, whether it's Paul, Peter, Apollos, Barnabas, uh, Timothy, Silas. And, um, and we're just like, Oh yeah, they're just like all going on these missionary journeys. And we just only read about the journeys that Paul went on. Sometimes he crossed over, but in reality, um, there were people building up the local church. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I would say it's actually probably more people that that stay with one congregation and labor with them and build them up rather than move from place to place the way that Paul does. Yeah. Um, but also that's why Paul wrote most of the New Testament is because he, he was had everywhere. a close relationship with every single one of these um these congregations. Um, but, but yeah, I, I find it really fascinating that it's like, Hey, this was, um, this was the, the congregation that Apollos was laboring with in the first century. And I just think that's really awesome. It is. Well, I don't have anything else. So that's all for me too. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for listening. We, uh, appreciate your support. We ask that you can, uh, share this, uh, share, share our podcast, tell others about it, post it on social media, um, and, uh, and, and spread the word. We, um, we appreciate those of you who are listening, but, uh, you know, we, we always want a, a bigger, a bigger audience. And uh, the more people that know about it, the more likely it is that we have, uh, more people to reach. And so, uh, we do ask that you share it, uh, and, uh, also give us any feedback if, if you have any. We, we certainly love to hear that. Uh, we do ask, um, that you, uh, keep us in your prayers, uh, and, uh, we will do the same for you. We, we love you all, and we will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, Look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.